Welcome back, everybody, to the Underdog Podcasting Network's special podcast all about MTV Challenge, the challenge called The Challenge Accepted. I'm your host, Zandrick Ellison, with my co-host, my brother, Dondrick Ellison. Welcome back, Dondrick. Thank you. Happy to be here. We're talking about episode 13. Almost done with the season. 13 of what? Probably 16? I don't know. Called Victim of Love. Seems like we're approaching the end. Yeah, I would guess, not to spoil anything, but there's probably one more male elimination, one more female elimination yeah, than the that final. that seems like what it would be. Maybe there'll be some like purge type something, but that seems to be... Well, there's not that many people that. to purge. So um, That's true. After last week's elimination, as Bailey said, the era of Swaggy C has come to an end. Yeah, and that was a funny line to me just because he had like such a lame season <laughs> the idea that he like made but you know what else came to an end along with swaggy c hmm. your ability to give stock up and stock downs why because you gave a stock up to bailey last week apparently. well she and has, rubber hey. stamped it with everyone's <laughs> approval on the reddit post I, you know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk. Obviously, it's a very Bailey-centric episode. <laughs> I, don't think, um, I don't think that looks so good. Well, hey, the stock, you sell high. Maybe we sold high. Um, so coming into this episode, when I say there's not that many tickets left to punch, not many people left to purge, coming into this week, there's only three ladies who did not have Red Skulls, Bailey, Melissa, and Nani. And so, of course, the the focus was on them all episode. Um and Bailey said it herself. She said, if Swaggy leaves, I might go, <laughs> I might get a little crazy. I might get a little dramatic. But can I say for a second, it seems like with this Red Skull twist, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know if it was a success or not, but it, it seems like the people without Red Skulls are the one this far into the season are the ones you think should be the ones without Red Skulls. It's sort no, of totally. like worked out in a way. Yeah, because think about like Nani, for example. She has enough allies that if it was a normal season, she could have skated to the final probably. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and it's funny because Nani and Kyle are kind of in the same boat, like scared, scared, stay out of it, stay out of it. And then all of a sudden get suddenly super desperate. Yeah. Um, understandably so, but this logic didn't make a lot of sense to me. Nani was ranting at the beginning of the episode. If she doesn't get this chance, she's going to be a raging psychopathic bitch. The entire bunker is going to go up in flames. <laughs> and then she said quietly, you know, I'm kind of regretting all the chances I had before. I'm like, no S. You know, she like turned it down like two or three times. Yeah, There's no one to blame. I think between Kyle and her a bit is that Nani's had, I think, been in the tribunal. I mean, partly to her credit, I suppose, but she's had the opportunities to go in. And not to like spoil anything, but that's what I don't like about Nani, among other things. And I know it tends to be a head 98 podcast, but like the blame shifting and like putting your fate in everybody else's hands. She had multiple chances and her reasoning is like, I'm going to yell at you guys if you don't let me get in. Even on the daily challenge, we'll see later. She was just like stewing and upset and hoping people would win for her sake. I mean, like everything's always relying on other people. Well, um, I have to maybe. say, you've really poisoned me on Nami. <laughs> I, well, it's not hard. I go really? in with the filter, my Nani lenses, thinking everything she does is bad, and I can't. Well, see I, I would defend. So yeah, we saw a lot of Nani, and and I would defend her in some ways on this episode as well, because we, you know, immediately we see her and Casey flirting again. We mentioned last week. You say I had a bad week of a podcast, but I did mention the fact that that we got a little Casey and Nani was what we call a plant that this next week would be heavy into this, and it was. Um. And they started flirting. They started flirting and they were necking, as the kids say, in the 1940s. (laughs) Um, And and so what is it? Where do you stand on this, like, pseudo relationship? Because, you know, Corey thought Casey is just a player. Anissa tried to talk Casey out of, like, how bad it looks in a a good way. Same with Jenna did before with Kayla. Well, yeah, Anissa seems to be... I remember a long time ago, Bill Simmons said at a season of The Real World, the second New Orleans season, he said that they shouldn't have people of a certain, like once you get past 23 or 25 or something, right. you're too, too mature. You're too wise or, or what have you. I mean, they're all, Anissa is certainly past that age. 
Well, she's about the same age as Johnny and um, CT. I think she's like 37, 38. Yeah. Um, and then. Wait, what do I make of this, though? Well, I, I want to ask you, like, Nani likes Casey. I think that's clear. Does Casey genuinely like Nani or is she just the type of person like a player, you know, who just wants people to like them, wants to hook up, wants to, you know, be the center of attention? Well, she has a girlfriend, I think, is the act, is the thing here. Right. We assume it's yes. an exclusive relationship. We so assume that's... you assume presume that, but we're not sure. I would guess so based on the way people are acting. I yeah, let's let's say that's a for sure. Okay. But I, I would I would caution this because look, it's a whole new world of relationships, especially if you're 25 or whatever it is. Like it's possible they they do not have a monogamous relationship, but I think that would have come up. But then Casey would have meant that would have come up right. if that's the case. So they that's not true. And it's obvious that I don't know. I think that what happened is, is that they're both into each other. Casey is as well. Casey isn't as into her as Nani. You know, she's not building the soulmate that I love you. Yeah, she did. Nani said, "Love you." I mean, maybe cheekily, but still. Yeah. Well, she said that she checks off all the boxes of the soulmate. <laughs> and what uh, what is that box? Is available like next to me? I mean, like Nani always like lusts after somebody. And usually unavailable people, by the way. I would note that too. Is that well? Yeah, because I think she had a crush on Johnny for a while when Johnny was in a relationship. Well, I don't know how. I would psychologically say Nani doesn't feel like she deserves love, so she lusts after these unavailable people who will not oh give boy. her love. What oh do you think God. of that? Um, well, when they go to your, you should start uh, charging these challenges for your <laughs> diagnosis. It's supposed to be your role, but I. I Prematurely um, do it. So they're. I think they. You know, it is what it looks like. It was. I think that they were doing something that. I mean, they weren't having sex that we know of, right. but they were doing something not cool. If the if the uh, what's her name, Casey's girlfriend was there, Casey wouldn't be doing that. No, certainly not. Um, and I don't think I'll go take it a step further. I think a lot of times in these sort of scandals, same with Kayla and Bear that first time around, they wouldn't do it if they thought the cameras caught them. I think they thought it was sneaky enough. Yes. And we always hear about at a certain point, you feel like the cameras, they're just part of the, it's like a fish in water. You don't, you're let your guard down if you've been surrounded by cameras for so long. Um, um, and they just are vibing. They vibe. Each other. <laughs> they do vibe each other. And then we get the biggest twist of the episode, a reference from Bailey that, you know, cause we don't watch big brother. Um, she almost had a thing with Casey on Big Brother, and that was shocker to me. Was it to you as well? Yeah, I don't watch Big Brother, so that came out of the blue, and I didn't know what to make of that the whole episode. And it was sort of fun with that one moment. I guess the climax of the episode when they were fighting after the vote, right? And, and everyone was like watching, like popcorn. Corey right has his orange juice, and right? Sipping it down and watching. <laughs> I mean, we'll talk more about it probably, but it seemed like Bailey thought more of that than Casey did. Well, I think that we're getting ahead. Right. Okay. But, about but you know what I wrote down, you know, before I wrote this down at the time, the first mention of it, because Bailey said, quote, she's getting worried about Nani and Casey getting close. And I wrote down, it sounds like she's getting jealous of her. And I think that manifested very I clearly. I think this was all Bailey becoming more and more unhinged. I don't think any of this... I think she is upset because she knew she wasn't getting her way. That, and I can understand she felt like she was on a season with Big Brother. She probably felt she was yeah. better friends with than with well, Casey. Well, than we'll talk mother. about that too because it it wasn't the choice did not come down to Nani or Bailey. The choice came down to Melissa or Bailey. Um, you know, it, and Nani would be well, impacted by that. But um, okay, well, let's Nani get to the pulling the puppet strings. <laughs> Let's get, it's her fault. Um, let's get to a daily challenge called Blocked In. Um, you had to free a red car from these black car barricade. It's almost identical to an iPhone game I have. I don't know if you've ever played games like this before. What? I'm trying to look it up. What I have an iPhone a, game. Is it called a slider puzzle? Because that's what it is. Yeah, but what, it's not even a slider puzzle. Because it's like, uh, let me find it. I might have deleted it because I don't even like the game. 
Yeah, it looks it's like... It's called like uh, eye block or something like that. Um, who said it? I think Rogan said it was similar to Tetris. I mean, it's in the same No, it wasn't like Tetris. It was, it was like the game I have exactly. It was like... No, it's tried a slide it. puzzle. It's a slide puzzle. It was kind of a clever way to do a slide puzzle. No, it wasn't that clever because I guarantee whoever came up with this game has my game. I'm trying to find the name. <laughs> where, it's, where it's cars? <laughs> it's not cars, but it's blocks of wood and you have to move the block of wood out of the way so well, you can get the other block. Flash. I don't think your game you <laughs> invented that either. It's called Blocked In. Actually, it might even be called Blocked In, to be honest. I'm not sure. Um, something with block in the title. I thought it was clever, not so much they invented that type of puzzle, but that they it was translated to cars that you push around. Like that was sort of clever. No, definitely. I liked the challenge too. It was a cool challenge. Um, weirdly done though, because they have two big massive teams of like six people and they spent the majority of the time focusing on team one struggles. Um, team one led yeah. by Rogan as the puzzle master. Very confusing. Yeah. Isn't it? Cause the whole episode, the whole like where they were leaning is, the guys are kind of barking out orders, Rogan leading by Rogan and trusting Rogan to do it when he seemed like he was panicking. And then Jenny, ignoring Jenny, ignoring Anissa, who had the right answers. Um, didn't look good for men. Like that was like one of these illustrations. Where well, it's I don't like, know if we know. Did we know that Jenny had the right answers? Anissa well, she said she did. Them. She's like, I said that. I said that five minutes ago. Oh, okay. Um, and Anissa, they said. But yeah, it was sort of like, be quiet, Anissa. And then right. they would let Johnny talk. And this is what women complain about all the time is that men are the loudest voice in the room and dismiss their opinion. You could show this tape as sort of like evidence yeah. of that. I agree. Uh, conversely, team two ended up listening to Bailey, who did well as the team commander. And it, I wrote down they crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> Only it was super close, apparently. 13 seconds difference. And team one, the team that fought and... One, so maybe the moral of the story is you should listen to the men folk. <laughs> no. no, I think that part of it is they were just trying to make it entertaining and maybe confuse the who would win and not so obvious. But part of me suspects there's always when we have these things which don't sort of inconsequential, but they're confusingly added. It's like, are they creating this sort of conspiracy theory? Are they creating drama like where there wasn't because they need to? scrambled to fill time that would have been devoted to D versus Rogan or something. Well, you know I, 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 that's a great conspiracy theory because there's two ways to read it. Either that they're scrambling to replace D and, and they tried their best. It felt like the first half of the episode, they totally erased her. And then it she was snuck in to see her face for the first. Yeah. Time. Cause they snuck in her face at the end. But even in this, like this team challenge, you, like they wouldn't even show like the team from the front because they didn't want to show her face in the lineup. I mean, it was yeah, like so, it's so jarring and, and just so poorly done in my opinion. If you wanted to give them credit, you might say, look, last week we, the episode had nothing to do with Nani and Casey, but we snuck that in as a plant for later, foreshadowing. Maybe that comes back. Maybe the idea that the women rebel against these bossy men comes back next week, but we're not sure. Oh, I wouldn't count on that. <laughs> okay, so Nani is the only one with the red skull on the team that won, so it's kind of locked in that she's going to go in. So it's just really about who's going to go against Nani. And Melissa and Bailey are pushing for it. Yeah. Um, and they vote, and... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bailey didn't even try, really, right? I mean, she didn't campaign for it. Um. Well, she, she, I mean, to her credit, I think she saw how the votes were going to go. And people were saying, criticizing, oh, you got to fight for it. it would, right. I don't think it would have swayed anything. I think that people kind of had their minds. Well, she was right because she knew the numbers that it would come down to Casey. Yes. And so maybe her sad sack routine was campaigning. You know, maybe that's her way of manipulating, trying to get sympathy. Yeah, that could be. I, I didn't look good, her sitting there. Kyle had a line that looked like her soul left her body. It, like, <laughs> it did. I mean, she really looked deflated. Uh -huh. it, it was really annoying for me watching it because it's so passive aggressive. It, literally, like she's sitting, like it's almost like she's sleeping. She looked like she was sleeping during it. Well, and I didn't like that she whined to the producers that. afterwards. I thought that was a bad look for her. Um, yeah. I wouldn't know what I wrote down in the voting, the nominations. Um, Nelson said, you know, he went back to the old logic, like, who do I want to run a final with? I'm like, 
I don't know why people still throw that out there. Like, who cares? It never affects anything. Um, well, especially if they're not on your team. Wait, right. No, no, no. He's saying, like, is it he wants a good person to run a final one? They usually use that as, like, I don't want to run with somebody slow if we're teamed up in some leg of the challenge. But Oh, got it. Oh, but yeah. they usually balance it out. <laughs> I mean, they don't, like, say you're locked in with this partner you've never had That's before. True. That's true. Although sometimes it can bite people if you get someone who can't run on this leg that requires yeah probably but there's no way of knowing that that would hurt you more than anyone else yeah well he's nelson he's nelson although he did comfort bailey after and a good little moment for nelson we're gonna sneak in there um you know just because she was like kind of breaking down and he he consulted her did you think though that bailey could have is there anything bailey could have done to change the votes jumped in casey's bed maybe (laughs) (laughs) no i don't think so I think uh, she, but it still was a very bad look for Bailey. I think it, it just looked like she was having a tantrum. Yeah. yeah. Not getting I, her way. You're right. Um, Cause I, I thought the first half of the episode, I'm like stock up again for Bailey. She's having a great episode. What? Well, originally the first half of the episode. And then oh, this is when it started to melt down. Um, they had a night out. Uh, I, I was just saying, you know, my wife was watching or just like had it on in the background and for her. And she noticed, remembered Melissa. Melissa was like doing a toast and everyone yeah, seemed to like her. Yeah. And he's like, isn't that the girl who fought, like had a really bad fight that one time? It was with Kayla, remember? And it's like that never, they never seem to have any tension at all anymore. Do you remember what that? You- I, I think she might've gotten kicked out or Kayla got kicked out a few seasons Kayla, ago. was that Melissa. Melissa? Are you talking about, I think you're confused. Wait, at a bar? What? Made- no, at, at home. I think it was in somebody's bedroom. They were yelling at each other, and then they were like, came to blows almost. Oh, this season? No, no, like two, three seasons ago. Kayla and Melissa? Yeah, one of Melissa's first seasons. Probably. Who was it where they threw the luggage off the... That wasn't the- her. That, that was, was about... Kayla did was- it. I forgot who it was about, though. It was, yeah. I think it was about, I forgot. It was, it was, that was really bad. Um, I think that was worse than these tweets, by the way. I think like bullying is, is, is bad. But to your wife's point. Yeah. I think it, I sort of vaguely remember that, but what is it? My point was Melissa's not there anymore. What does it matter? Well, I, I, my point was Melissa, her first season was like, you know, crazy drama. And remember she was hooking up with, um, they f- accused her of faking a lesbian relationship to stay in the game. And she just seemed like a chaotic person and she's really mellowed and centered now. And it seems like everyone kind of likes her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that and Melissa was getting, she was barely in the season, the first half right. or so, but she's sort of settled in um, and the focus is more on her. She seems to be getting along. She seems to be a nice presence. We haven't seen too much fighting with her. Right. And that's what I'm not mad at Rogan or not. She got mad at Rogan, Johnny and Josh for, but understandably really because of the D stuff. And she was right in that because they promised her and they went back on it. Yeah. Um, and then, so at the bar we have Bailey saying she'll never speak to Casey again, vowing to air her dirty laundry and have her break up with her girlfriend. I don't know if you noticed this. Something that kind of bothered me this whole episode. Almost all these little instances, like you had Johnny Bananas just sitting right there, like kind of egging them on and asking personal questions. It felt oh, very much. It felt very much like he was a producer who was like on assignment. <laughs> I think he probably was, but I don't even care. What do you care? I just felt. I just don't like when it feels fake like that. I mean, he's just like. They, I guarantee you, they told him, go ask about this. Go ask about that. I, I would actually believe, I would buy that easily. But Johnny needs to do that. He, did, he needs to show these kids the ropes of how to make a good show here. <laughs> That's true. I mean, we did get it out. Um, or else Johnny has really nothing to do. You know, he's kind of. Right. He, yeah, he's not he's trying to hook up with anybody. Right he I has think he's on goal. a really, this is an aside. I think Johnny, gameplay wise, we talked about, is it overrated or I think he's really on a different level than the people in the house right now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there is sort of a level. Like, I think him and West are genuinely better (laughs) players than all these other people. Although one note about, side note about gameplay. It seems like the young, what are they even called? I always forget, Young Bloods, Young Bucks. Team Young Buck. Yeah, they're good. 
they have had a good recruiting Fessy is is a huge coup for them that was yes the very impressive showing by them um i think johnny really made the right move because now everyone wants to go be the house vote right everyone 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 wants to be the house vote he really spearheaded that and got ahead of that before it was in vogue he like Um, picked his spot perfectly no you're right He, he timed it perfectly um question for you more of a big picture dicey political question or social question you're younger than i am you're around you know younger people um it always surprises me when and it's happened a dozen times on this show where you know nani falls in love with casey or laurel goes for nicole or or whatever bailey's a, you know had a little thing with casey does it does it surprise you that these younger ladies are you know, hooking up with each other, or is that just kind of expected? What do you mean, like that that there are lesbian relationships? Yeah, that they that like it feels like every girl on the house is somewhere in the LGBT spectrum. I guess that's a good point because you don't see that from the guys, right? At first, your question is like, "Well, right. that's a weird question," but then you think like they don't have like a. I don't know, like Corey come on and then suddenly start hooking up with Kyle. And apparently, are you the one did that? They had, I didn't see this season, but they had a season where everybody, guys and girls, were sexually fluid or whatever. Uh-huh. And so guys were hooking up with guys and left and right. And we haven't, I don't think we've ever seen that on the challenge where a seemingly straight guy is seduced by a gay guy, right? Um, I'm trying to think. No, I don't think so that we know of. I'm not saying it hasn't happened. Right. But, but is that, am I like missing something? I mean, it seems like that's sort of a cultural norm now, maybe obviously more than before. But to, as a viewer, does it ever surprise you? Because it did for me with Bailey. I, I didn't think. Well, I think maybe in the, recently, I think there has been more, um, I think there's been more gay girls than gay guys on the show. So there's more opportunity for too right no definitely and and i think it's still like in societal perspective less um i don't even know what the word is you know like less of a stigma um maybe but that's interesting because when you know they used to have uh a lot more gay guys on the show than there has been the past few seasons right no totally i mean we haven't seen I'm thinking of Shane. I'm thinking of. I guess Shane was the last one that I can think of. Yeah, Shane had been on a oh, couple. No, no, no. Of... There was Josiah. Remember? Josiah? Oh yeah, no, definitely. And but I always yeah, felt bad for like him because because there would never be another gay guy. You know, it'd always be him alone. Yeah. Anyway, I, anyway. it doesn't. It didn't. I guess it, it was sort of normal to your point. Right. That's what I was just curious about because I don't know. I'm a you know different generation. Um, I'm 82 years old. Uh, okay. So let's get back to the show. The tribunal's crowded. Um, but it doesn't matter because Nani's going to volunteer to go in. They actually went through sort of with this, um, tribunal. I don't know why they actually showed D's face. I don't know why. Yeah. Briefly. I guess they showed it because they wanted to get to the fight where Bailey confronts Nani and says it's Nani's fault all this happened i guess for influencing casey yeah um and she i don't know i mean i had this conspiracy theory here that i wrote down you know bailey's talked about she was worried what was going to happen when swaggy left do you think there was a part of her that was worried that she might catch feelings for casey again now that i don't swaggy. think so you think no, that's reading too much into it so. I do not. I think you're reading way too much into this. I think you are the most gullible person I've ever heard of. I think that <laughs> she would is, you know, the, this whole Casey, Bailey, Nani, it was sort of confusing. It came out of left field where the Big Brother did they have right. something? Well, that's why they, you know what? Like, it, what that was probably why it's more surprising to me than the fact that Bailey could be attracted to women is because they just never mentioned it for us as challenge fans before. Yeah, and I think that Fessy actually cleared it up for me when he gave a little confessional and he's like, yeah, I guess they were close, but I think that Bailey's over-exaggerating how close right. they were. And he and also then, said that it was a game move on Casey's part on Big Brother to kind of get close to Bailey. That Casey was doing that. Yeah, yeah. so she feels but, pretty phony right now. 
she does feel phony, but I also think Bailey is also phonally inflating her feelings for Casey because she doesn't have, she's in a, she's, is she married? We confirmed that she's married to Swaggy, right? I don't think that she's. Yeah. If you're Swaggy, you wouldn't feel good watching this episode, seeing her like get this involved. I don't think, I don't, I really, it wouldn't even bother me because I think it's so manufactured. Really? Like, I think, yes, I think they were it's genuine. friends before they are now. Like now they're not as close with friends. Well, I, I felt, I feel like it's genuine, not necessarily that she caught feelings for Casey again, but just that she felt hurt and she felt isolated. I, I thought that was legitimate. True, but not on like a romantic, like you broke up with me level. Who knows? Um, she did mention though, she seemed to take pride in that though, because she's like, You told me I was your type a few times. I don't know what that means. I mean, I get what it means generally speaking, but that's not something you would take to court as evidence. Um, okay, so we get to the purgatory. It was with that circle that you see before. It looked like they were going to do that. What's that called where they just like rip the. The pole wrestle? Pole wrestle. Looked like it was going to be that. And I thought for a second that Nani was going to chicken out. Did you? Yeah, so did I. <laughs> I did too. I was waiting for that. I said, you know, TJ, I'm going to wait. <laughs> <laughs> I totally thought because she looked teary. She looked very reluctant. And then her words didn't match her face. She goes, I've never been more ready. <laughs> um, and so they go play off with your head. I like this game. You had to rip five red skulls off the person's jumpsuit. Yeah. And it was a little confusing to me. Did you need to run to your podium? Yeah, Did I didn't quite get what was to... around or not. It seemed like you had a little bit of time to rip off the skull of the other person after they got yours. Right. Maybe. I didn't understand like what counted. Why didn't you just keep doing it? Rip off one, two, three. I don't know. But they did it by round. So it was one to one after one, two to two, two three to three. And then um, round four got a little feistier. Did you catch the Naughty said, come on, you effing animal. <laughs> Did she say that? Yeah. <laughs> Melissa, according to Kyle, MMA background. Did you have any idea? No. And she no was, idea. Melissa was really good with her hands, like swatting her away. I mean, totally more impressive showing from Melissa than I would have expected. Yeah. And Melissa looks tiny. And so, she, even compared to Nani, she looks like I don't know. If she looks she's tiny. a foot shorter. You think she's shorter? She's like thicker, though. Um, I wonder why. And uh, commercial break, she got the fourth round. You know, Nani didn't qualify because it was out of bounds. And then after the commercial break, Melissa just got it. One. Yeah. On Nani, a loser yet again. And I think this goes back to our theory of you need to have the dog rating. I think Melissa. I mean, I more than more than Nani, her. at least more than Nani, if, especially if she's an MMA fighter. Jeez. Yeah. Um, have we, have we seen the I'm scared to go in person win anytime soon? I guess Jenna. Yeah, Jenna's a good exception, but she, it's hard to read Jenna emotionally. <laughs> um, it's very hard. It, it seems so psychological, and it could be the edit, but. Yeah, I didn't think Nani was going to even I didn't think Nani was going to win at any point before I thought she was going to win. I thought she was going to win cuz I thought Melissa was a pushover. I thought Melissa was one of the weakest women in the house and that was yeah, not true. Yeah, so did I, I suppose. But I get you poisoned me on Nani, so I don't have any confidence in Nani. And it's very Nani on brand to skirt by and then lose <laughs> lose right before the, the final right before the final or kind of have a non-showing in the final well and also i don't know if it's karma or what challenge god so bear tries to get with kayla finally does and then quickly gets booted not a few episodes later maybe one or two same with nani she finally got casey and then she gets kicked out although that's you know based on their edit it might have been before we don't really know that's true Her like that kiss could have happened the second week there you know we don't know <laughs> Um, not I did, you know usually I hate on Nani I don't think she had a bad week though I don't blame her for any of the stuff with Casey really I don't really blame her for the Bailey stuff she tried in the final in the purgatory didn't win I, there's nothing about this episode that made me dislike her more than I did before yeah I, I mean if she I guess it, it, yeah no I agree with that certainly I think it was very non it was on brand Nani yeah. being Nani that's what stock up and stock down is all about because it's like 
I didn't have a high opinion of her before, and I, I still don't. I mean, I kind of she is who we thought she was. But can we actually? I'm going to go back to your discussion earlier, which I don't think I was really understanding what you're saying about your uh, <laughs> being so shocked by lesbians. Is that I, it was shocking that you think about it, how normal it is in the sense that I don't think we knew Nani was bisexual. No, we didn't know Nani at all. Was that I, we, as far as I remember, or maybe we uh, know? I think we talked about it early, early in the season. She had a she kissed Heather on her season. Yeah, that was that's like true. a drunken kiss. Like I didn't know that she was looking. She was open for you know finding a soulmate that was the same gender. Right. So that is sort of. But it, it, I'm not judging it, and I actually no, didn't think about it until now as being something. It's a, it's a very I've, quick cultural shift. Um, good for them, except it doesn't seem like it had the storybook ending. Well, I had this thought, actually. This might be controversial. You know, the, it seems like more of these young women are, are into ladies. And I'm like thinking, like, why wouldn't you be? And I'm not saying in a sexual attractive level. I'm saying, like, men are pretty terrible right i mean like <laughs> i was like because we're thinking about moving we have i looked up like the sexual offenders list in different neighborhoods yeah 99 of them are men <laughs> no no women on there school shooters all men rapists usually men people who attack people who murder usually men i mean is there any reason if you if you could control your level of attractiveness to your level of attraction doesn't it just make more sense not to be attracted to men they're just not good partners um yeah <laughs> I, think we I, I know that there's uh, you can't <laughs> flip a switch and control it i understand that but i'm just saying like man it's not a good you know it's hard to defend men in the last like 20 40 years i mean like what have we done well that makes you think that you should be dating a 25 year old guy 20 40 years what i don't know i'm trying to think what the <laughs> i think there's a very long history yeah maybe even longer 40 years but now that it's no, there's no really stigma behind it i think um Got it. and i would say to any women listening obviously you know date who you want you know sleep with whoever you want if you want to get serious with somebody i would never get serious with any guy who's under 30 years old. I mean, it's just asking for trouble. Wow. Don't you think that's fair? Those are big revelations. But I mean, look, we saw, and look, you could say, hey, look, Casey's a little player. What's the difference between Casey and, and some player guy? And that's true. That is true. But we also see like Zach, you know, he hasn't been a great role model of how to be in a relationship. Um, I don't know. No one's perfect. I'm just saying. Well, I think that the challenge is definitely a good, you know, case study that we should base. Yeah, I think that's where I base most of my sociological studies on <laughs> to say that men are evil. Um, and yeah, I, I just think, I don't know. I think whatever it is, biological or societal, like men need to like, you know. They need to cool off. They need to, yeah, they need to be less of a dicks, right? They need to chill. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just that car challenge that really threw me over. I'm, I'm out <laughs> he on really men. shook you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so Melissa wins. I don't know if we want to talk about Melissa behind the scenes. Do you want to talk about it or not? Because we're not a spoiler podcast. I don't even know. You're the one with all these uh, rigid rules about that. I don't. You have more strict spoiler thingies than I do. So okay, well let's talk about it. Turn off your podcast if you don't want to hear anything off camera about these competitors. But it doesn't have anything to do with the results. No, of the I season. agree. So, but just fair warning: end the episode. You probably did when we started talking about <laughs> men, women, and dating. But um, now that you've turned it off, people less listening probably know this. So Melissa has been revealed after the fact was pregnant this this whole time was that she had to have been right i guess because she didn't get pregnant on the show well this is my segment i wanted to do right so get into it it's called the outside the the house segment it's about drama that's happened that's not about what the results are of the season but just there's so much going on on twitter and social media between these people and that's part of what intrigues me about it is that there's they live these lives in relation to the show and each other so outside, Melissa, it turns out Melissa has, uh, was, gave, a, gave birth after coming back and she was pregnant during her 
during this season. And I read recently, I mean, who knows, it was someone on the internet how accurate, but she must have been about three or so months pregnant. At this point, at the point of the win. Yeah. And she tweeted, you know, it's very commonly known on like Reddit and stuff at this point. So that's why I feel more comfortable talking about it. Um, Because she tweeted, did you see this? She tweeted, I guess her baby's name, Vienna. And she goes, great episode. You know, Vienna's first win, (laughs) challenge win. Um, Three months pregnant is not a ton in terms of like health issues. You shouldn't be probably wrestling around. Um, do you think that the producers, I guess they didn't know. Do you think Melissa had to have known though? Right. I don't know. You know more about this than I do. I do. I have a little baby. Um, I I was under the impression she didn't know because they, they they haven't shown her drinking, I think, but they also, I think cut away. I think have shown her drinking though. I've seen her drinking. Oh, you have. I don't know what's in her cup or glass, but look, I'll tell you, you know, I know a little bit more about this, but also just basic human biology. So if a woman gets her period every month and you don't for three months, you would think something is up. Um, the reason that might not be the case are, you know, some women don't have periods regularly because of, you know, their bodies or they're yeah. on certain medications. Wait, so where are you going with it? Are we like doing a human biology? Like we're no, I'm just saying that I, I would suspect that Melissa knew, right? Okay. So she, I, I think she doesn't know, but what is the, so you're saying. Should she have told producers, is this safe? I don't know. I, yeah. Um, the baby's healthy as far as we know. Everything's fine. But they, I guess maybe they don't test them. It would be weird. I think they would though, right? I mean, don't they do drug tests? I mean, like STD tests. I I thought all these reality shows did that. But if you're three months pregnant, are you not allowed to do like physical challenges and stuff? I don't. My wife was working up until eight months uh, as a point of contact, and she is a cage fighter. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so so you, you can be active. I don't know about physical exertion. I remember she wasn't supposed to like lift heavy things though. Um, or even like 20 pound things, 30 pound things. So that seems like it would be, but three months is very early. Like it's barely noticeable. As you can see from Melissa, I wasn't noticeable really. But I also think that, I mean, who knows? I I don't, I don't know enough about it, but I, my impression is I don't think that she knew. That's my guess. I don't have any hard evidence. And thankfully, it looks like her baby is healthy. Enough. Yeah, no, totally. Um, Vienna is going to be the next challenge. I know. It was. It is cool. And then some other one, somebody else joked, like, the youngest challenge winner ever, Vienna. <laughs> you know? The <laughs> um, happy ending, for sure. I mean, a great moment from Melissa. Great personal, you know, year. And she's come across well this whole show. I mean, you consider her like an obvious stock up so much so that you wouldn't even say it, right? Yeah. I mean, I always, with stock up, stock down, we can transition to that. I don't love going for the winner of the elimination and the loser is the stock down. I think it's a little too obvious, although it's not forbidden, I will say. I just don't typically do that. Right. That's like the literal, hey, you won. Yeah, I, but I think it was a good episode for her. I think she's like you to your wife's point, which made the toast. Not only is she getting along, she seems she's kind of like like a little delightful presence. Yeah, you love her accent. I do too. I like her accent. I like her, you know, little smile and her confessional. <laughs> I think she's kind of a fun. Yeah, character. she's like a little imp almost. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little mischievous sprite or something. I mean, she yeah. looks like she's trouble, but like, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. In a good way, in a fun way. Um, so, I mean, obvious stock up for her, but let's not dwell on that. Who, who are your less obvious stock up? It is a big stock up for Melissa in the sense that she had, was running the risk of having like an invisible season. Yes. So it's good to have her be involved. And look, she looked legitimately like a good competitor too. It wasn't like like a default, these two suck, and, and she was the better of the two losers. And she did a very good job handling, navigating the Bailey, Casey, Nani drama and that she benefited from it, but she did not get, she was very congenial and like stayed out of it. You know what right. I mean? Could have gotten worse. Um, so good for her. Who are your less obvious stock ups? Well, there wasn't much to pick from, but I'm going to give a controversial one. Not very controversial, but maybe a little reachy. Um, D. I, 
I think that very, not even much of a presence in the episode, but I kind of like Corey more and more every episode. I, I mean, barely, barely notice him. You think just I for know, watching he, with Glee, the drama? No, there was that. And then he talked about when I see a, pl- uh, a player. About, I see a player. I know a player. And he <laughs> yeah, that's true. Thing. Like, I just think he's probably a very likable guy. And I remember when, I, when Corey first came on the scene in real world, I think it was X's. Like, I, I didn't like him. I thought there was like, he was probably insecure. And he was yeah, tried too hard. But I think that he's just like, must be very likable guy. And I'm buying in. I want to be friends with him. You know what? I, but that also speaks to my point. I don't know how old Corey is. He's probably around 30 right now, right? He's been on the show for a while. I would say a little, yeah. Maybe a little younger. Yeah. But he's matured. And so that's why if you're dating men out there, wait a little bit. Wait. <laughs> um, another, okay, fine. You didn't like that one. My other. No, well, I, I was reaching for one too. I, can I give you one that's kind of weak too? Okay. I had another candidate too. It might batch yours. Because, you know, you love Corey. I love, I love Rogan still. One Rogan. Bit, very brief moment for Rogan. In the tribunal, they talk about, oh, you know, Bailey and Casey. And he looks surprised. Yeah, in, in a same way that everyone was, I guess. But you know what I liked about that? It shows me that he hadn't been going around gossiping too much. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because you would have heard about it if you were like a little yenta. <laughs> you don't. You think that's too much? So, but that's the most. For some reason, you have very strong. We all do, I'm sure, as challenge fans. Like, I, you know, in like inexplicably, just really like CT, even when he does terrible things. You. <laughs> hate Nani and you love Rogan of all people. I called him the most loyal person in the season. <laughs> I like Rogan. I like Jenny. I like I have people. my people I like and dislike. Yeah. I, I'm not buying though. I, I, I root for and Bear too. I'll throw Bear in there. I, I like these UK people. I think they're really likable. No, but that stock up. You're like looking for things. <laughs> well, I was. I, I literally yeah. didn't write anyone else besides Melissa. It's like, oh, he's didn't wipe his hands after eating <laughs> or he did. He was very cleanly. Uh, okay. My other candidate, which is better than that one is I thought it was nice that Nelson tried to talk. to. Yes. Him. That's a better one. You're right. And I Anissa, know. I thought did well in the daily, but we've always seen that side of Anissa before. So Nelson, this yeah, was a I, new side. I'm a little lukewarm on all these. Cause I don't know if they really, I'm very serious when it comes to the stock up. Like, I don't think it really moved yeah, their market really, value significantly. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. It, it wasn't, because it was very Casey centric, it was very Bailey centric, and Nani, and and none of them came out with the, their hands clean. Really, none of them were more likable by diving into this mess. So let me just summarize because I think I have a good picture. I think Melissa would probably be the clear stock up, right. just because it was. But I would, if I was going with another, I would give it to Nelson because mm-hmm. for the sense that maybe he has a stock up in the sense that he's had a lot of interpersonal. Uh, misfires especially with women this mm-hmm. season and this was a good to see him being more supportive and and you know what we can also dovetail that with the fact that they're getting fussy in their alliance that's another good thing for nelson like they're yes they've long dreamed of taking over the show and they're closer to that oh and a little breadcrumb for maybe the future you would maybe say this is a spoiler but it's not is we talked last week about does Fessy have any weakness, right? Yes. And we said, oh, maybe puzzles. We don't know. We think he might be good at puzzles. Mm-hmm. And one little uh, clue, Kyle said during the po- car pushing that Fessy's not good at puzzles. I don't yeah, know. he said he was joking that, you know, him. I think who else did he say? I forgot. Him, Nelson. And Fessy. And you know what? I, I will do a little mea culpa too. When Fessy first showed up on the scene, I kind of mocked the idea that he was like an actual NFL prospect. Yeah. Because people from his school, Tennessee, Chattanooga, rarely make the NFL. Everyone thinks they're going to be professional athletes. They never are. Um, it takes It's such a high bar that none of these guys meet. Um, but I looked him up. He was like on the radar. He was legitimately in the NFL draft sort of mix. Um, I don't think he got drafted and nothing really happened. His stats were like, okay, but there was like a little tiny sleeper buzz about him. So it wasn't unrealistic that he could have made the NFL. That's good. Okay. Stock down. 
more obvious ones. I mean, Casey, I don't think came across looking good on this episode. Um, Bailey, probably not either. Yeah, mine went to Bailey. I just really didn't like her tantruming. Yeah. I think to me, I I think she was just not getting her way, knew she wasn't going to get her way. I give her credit for knowing she wasn't going to get her way and sussing that out, but she just did not handle it. And I don't like her proclamation that she has two modes, sleep, uh, not sleep, crying or screaming. And she did scream a little bit. And she did cry a bit. And I think that that is... But, you know, it's interesting because we haven't really seen that either of those two, two of her two sides, this whole show. She's been pretty under the radar. Yeah, well, the era of Swaggy ended. And I know, Swaggy. You know, we, we've been making fun of Swaggy this whole time. But he is the neutralizer for her or whatever, the safety blanket. Literally, I guess they have that blanket too. Um, but she's mine, but you seem to be more... No, I mean, I agree. I'm trying to find a less obvious one. I, that's why I mentioned Johnny Bananas was kind of just annoying me with his, you know, obvious meddling. And it wasn't even meddling because he enjoyed it. It was meddling like he's trying to get this information out to the audience. Yeah. I just prefer like more organic storylines. I think a good pick because I don't think she's as innocent. No, you definitely know. not. She's a player. I mean, that's, there's no doubt about it. And she was denying it a lot too. You know, she kept saying that, Nothing's true. We're just friends, blah, blah, blah. Like, you kind of have to own it a little bit. Like yeah. Bear. Like, Bear's a little, like, you know, devil, and he, he like, acknowledges it. Um, <laughs> overall, though, Victim of Love, episode 13, how would you grade this episode? Was it satisfying for you? I actually thought it was not bad. I thought it was a good episode, actually, because it had a lot of drama, some fights, and... Good daily elimination. I thought the elimination elimination was good. Uh, so I would give it like a, a B, B minus. See, I'll go even higher. I agree with your logic. I'd go a B plus even or A minus, and I'll tell you why. The only reason we're ranking it a little low is because these are side characters kind of. Yes, I, that's exactly right. Like it's like no one's really cared about Bailey this season. No one's really cared about Nani and Melissa necessarily. If this was Johnny and Wes and CT, like this would have been one of the most epic episodes of all time. Yeah. So I think they worked with what they had. The D stuff didn't really get in the way too much. Um, And they told like, that's what I was judging on too. They told a clear story, like beginning, middle and end. And I think this is one of their best episodes in a while in that regard. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you're 100% right. It was the characters aren't like the big names. There are a lot of rookies involved, but it was good. But yeah. given that, although one thing I don't like as somebody who doesn't watch Big Brother, and I don't like that we have to suddenly know all this Big Brother drama behind the scenes to understand the show. Um, in the same way that if somebody news tries to watch the challenge, it's hard for them because they're like, I don't know who these people are. They have, you know, 10 years of drama. And so now we're entering with big brother drama too. And I don't really, I don't care to watch big brother. I've never really liked it. Well, I'm not as worried. I think I can, I have a good handle. on. I figured it out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they'd snuck up the Bailey stuff snuck up. I don't even know if that was on the real show. I don't know if it was on big brother even. Um, Okay. So looking, Looking ahead next week, there are two guys without red skulls, Josh and Kyle. Do you think it's going to be as simple as let's send Josh against Kyle? Well, no. I think we talked about this last week in the sense that this is the opportunity. I, and I just talked about Bananas being a better player. This is his opportunity. I think the house thinks that it's just, okay, people that don't have the red skulls are going to get the chance. Now, it because that's just fair. But if you're playing well, you would definitely throw in your best competition. Right. So if you're bananas, you would throw in Fessy and Corey or Corey and Nelson or whatever. Fessy and Nelson, personally. But yes, that's the idea. Right. And then, like, I agree with you because I laid this out last week, but if you just let Kyle go against Josh, you're eliminating one of your opponents. If you do what you're saying, you throw in Fessy and Nelson you eliminate three effectively because those two won't have red skulls and then somebody else is going home. So, and that's the name of the game is just being the last man standing. It's like voting out three people in survivor at once. But I mean, in order to pull this off, you would need to win the, be in the tribunal. 
right? Well, I, I had this thought. Tell, tell me if you agree. Like, it makes total sense if you actually had the balls to do it. Let's say you're fessy. Would you almost want to go in if you were confident? Because let's say it was fessy against Corey or whatever. You feel confident. He, I know he's friends with Corey. So, you know, pick somebody else if you want. Kyle, maybe. No, I guess Kyle's not. Kyle doesn't have a red skull. So say he goes against Corey and you're confident you're going to win. You know, if I beat Corey, I eliminate three people. Or yeah. Nelson, because Nelson's going to be tough in a final unless they're swimming. Maybe it makes sense for Fessy to be like. How are you eliminating three people? Well, because if there's only one elimination left. Oh, because you're blocking two people. Yeah, you're blocking two people from getting it. If there is only one emulation. Okay, I get your reasoning, but I would I would say a hundred percent no, because eliminations are too chancy. That's true. You'd have to be like ninety five percent. It has to be like a hall brawl. Yeah, against. I mean, you would need to win the tribunal in that case and see what it is and be really sure that you would win it. That would be then it would be a really cool move. But otherwise, I wouldn't just like say I'm the house vote. Or- right. No, you're right. You're right. Um, so I think most likely it'll be Josh versus Kyle, unless Josh just like pisses people off enough that they go against him. I think Kyle has enough support in the house to go in one way or another. Yeah, I think so. Um, we'll see. Maybe there'll be a little trickery somewhere or the other. And if that's the case, if Josh goes against Kyle, did the Red Skull gimmick work? Well, I was reading a little bit that people would be against that if they don't. And we talked about this, that it really, in order for it to pay off, yes, it works in the sense that every people were incentivized to go in, but you also need to have people punished for not going in. Right. So but might, I, I think want it's that episode where some people are just like sent home without right. Having. At least I always said at least one person needs to get sent home empty handed. Yeah. To make it work. But at the same time, a lot of these people might not have never gone in like Nani, for example, Johnny might not have ever gone in. It might've been Jay against another rookie oh, Fessy sure. f- 10 times in a row for Fessy. Um, so I think it worked. I think it added to the season. Yeah. No, overall, yes. Yeah, I would agree. Although the only downside would be if they don't eliminate somebody by virtue of never going in, then there's really no rush to go in, right? Because they're gonna everyone's gonna get their turn, basically. Yeah. Now we don't know if they planned it that way so everyone to get their turn or whether it just happened to work out that way. Um all right. Overall good episode. Focus on side characters, but good amount of drama. Felt a little bit like Are You the One or something. It was like a lot of personal drama, but it tied together with the challenge at the end. So it worked out in my book. Um, that's our episode. We'll be back next week, episode 14, Guys Elimination Day. Uh, hopefully, this is good. I, you were worried about the season, but it's, it's picking up steam again. Yeah, as we head into the home stretch. All right. Well, take care, Dondrick, and see you next week, TJ. Number 11, you guys. Take care.